Welcome to the Rare Earth Podcast, a place where I bring in rare individuals to have rare conversations. My name is Manoj, your host, and now let's get the show started. Hey guys, uh, this is the second part of our two-part conversation with David. In case you missed episode one, you may want to go back and listen to that first before you listen to this one. What is it about men that uh, when it comes to uh, too much of an intimate detail, uh, you know, you start feeling a sense of discomfort, you know, uh, is it in our DNA that we really cannot <laughs> vibe with that? <laughs> I don't really know, but I do agree with you. I mean, it's just not our, it's not that there's something wrong with us. It's just that's right. not yeah, the yeah. way we are uh, programmed to relate to the world. So it's, right. not that we, it's not that we can't. But it's just not the way we're socialized, programmed. I, I believe it's programmed to relate to the world. And we can, on another podcast, if you ever happen to have me on again, we can do a spiritual one and we can talk about all the uh, godly reasons for why all this is true. But we don't have okay. to get into that today. Sure. Um, but yeah, f- for inside the home, creating the atmosphere of loving kindness, acceptance, security, uh, patience and leadership. That's what we want, right? Imagine you're the captain of a ship and you have a co-pilot with you and it's their turn to launch, to, to steer the ship, to take it to the destination. So you want to, it, and let's just say they have a different way of navigating than you, but you both agree at the final place. You both know where you're going to be going, right? And they have a different way of looking at the maps or reading the GPS, whatever it is right? Your job isn't to argue with that co-captain, right? And to start fighting over those details. We don't need to, mm-hmm. to, to start arguing. What we want to do is we want to instill confidence, trust, and uh, camaraderie between us and this co-captain. That's the goal mm-hmm. here. As long as you're both on the same page as to where you're going to take the ship, you have to make space in your relationship for the differing perspectives. The atmosphere mm-hmm. is what's going to get you both <laughs> alive to the end of the journey. <laughs> That's where you're going with this. It's not about who's right and wrong. That was the very first time actually I got a very different angle to looking at, you know, resolving conflict. And you, you really put it very well uh, with, the, with the atmosphere uh, mm-hmm. as a, something that we need to keep in mind. Yeah. yeah. And I also, uh, you know, uh, read one of your uh, points, uh, which said, uh, was it, I don't know whether I read it or I heard you, it would said, uh, you know, you're not a big proponent of, uh, you know, ironing out the differences, you know, <laughs> and yeah, right. and why is that? Why is that? Can you just uh, elaborate on that? Yes, yes. Um, I believe you're referring to the idea that um, I don't, I'm not a subscriber of talking about the relationship itself. Right, right, okay? right. I don't yeah. believe, I do not believe in these conversations that husband and wives have about us. Those are like the worst conversations possible. We need to talk about where we're holding and what we're doing and how, you know, how we feel about each other. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, are, you are a very rare person to bring that topic up because we generally hear the world tell, you know, you must have the conversation. Yes. So you're the first one telling you don't have to have. Okay? No so way. I'm really... I'm really interested to know what was the logic behind that. Yeah. Um, as a marriage therapist, I have, I have yet to hear any of those conversations result in something better 
than when they first went into the conversation. I've never seen two people come out of that conversation feeling better than when they first had it. Most of the time, the differences are brought up, irreconcilable points are made, uh, stories about something that happened in the past that has not been resolved, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it never ends. It's like holding on to this um, toxic piece of you know, you know, nuclear waste and just not letting it go. And um, so, no, I, I don't, I think that relationships thrive and survive on your behavior today. They don't, you, you don't, I'm not going to act towards you differently based on the way I think about us as a couple. I'm going to respond to the positive way that you showed up for me today. And I'm mm -hmm. going to respond and I'm going to instigate positivity by bringing positive energy into the relationship. If you want a positive relationship, do not talk about it. Just be positive. Be positive in your words. Be positive in your thoughts. And be positive, most importantly, in your actions. When you do that, your partner will respond in kind. And even if they don't, you're still coming to the table with 110% of this wonderful, beautiful energy. And that's how you get your relationship to become stronger better and more loving not by talking wow about <laughs> that's a, that's a very uh, radical approach uh, than uh, what is <laughs> dished out as an advice out there uh, mostly people uh, actually that, that's the truth i think i have never you know personally or you know heard friends where they had had a conversation and they feel better yeah. after a conversation it, it okay. kind of leaves you uh, with more more things <laughs> hurting right that's right sometimes they they bring in things which were not even part of that very discussion. And then oh, you, you're walking away with new wounds. <laughs> exactly. So. Or open, you're reopening wounds or you're finding out that something you thought your partner forgave you for or forgot about, they still remember 15 years later. Who needs it? Drop it. Do not, especially as men, we do mm. not want to allow a woman to open up that Pandora's box of all the things <laughs> that we've done that <laughs> she remembers. <laughs> This but, is a but how do you technique. <laughs> but how do you how do you let you, you got to you know come in with action or with uh, you know uh, more caring and more concern and and show up more positively I, I understand that point but how do you actually address that unrested emotion in 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 your uh, wife or on your with your girl okay there's two ways that you can do that the first one is that just because we don't talk about the relationship doesn't mean that if something's happening in the relationship that bothers you, you can't speak about it. It doesn't mean that. Mm -hmm. If your partner is doing something that is hurtful or bothersome mm -hmm. or painful for you, you do need to address that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's, there's a distinction there. I don't subscribe to talking about the relationship, but I am a proponent of talking about things that are not working in the mm -hmm. relationship right now. Mm. Very important. So if okay. there's something that, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think if you have a specific issue, which you need to discuss about the way it is not going fine, then you bring to the table and address that specifically. But we do not speak about our relationship, how it's been running, how it's been going, something like that. Is that yes, what you mean? Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Mm. That's, a, that's exactly well said. That's number one. And number two, and I would only do this with a marriage counselor 
or a coach or somebody who you really trust. If there's an underlying resentment that you need to be resolved, then I would seek professional help. And this Mm. is something that I do for my clients. But listen to the way I do it because it's very important. So let's just say you said something to your wife. Let's say you and your wife got into a fight 10 years ago and you said something really nasty. Mm. It happens, right? I mean, I'm guilty of it. Yeah, it happens. Okay. And she's still holding on to that, right? You don't want her to be holding on to that, right? As a man and a husband, Mm. either it's probably not still true or it was true at the time, but you don't feel that way now. Or even if it is true now still, um, maybe there's a way you can address it. So what I do is um, I will meet with the woman privately. Like I told you, I don't meet with them together. And I will hear Mm -hmm. her issue if she's still holding Mm. on to this resentment, Mm. okay? And then I'll ask her, what does it mean to you? How does it how do you how do you treat your husband differently because you're still holding on to this pain, right? Mm. So she tells me she, he said this to me. He called me fat ten years ago, and I've never felt comfortable with my body ever since then. And when we're in bed together, I just don't really feel free to express myself because I'm nervous that he's not appreciating what he's seeing. Then I will speak to him privately, and I will chat with him about what what she said and how she's feeling, and I will confer with him that he's completely ready to own the fact that he said that, Mm. apologize for it, and be willing to hear all of her feelings about that and support her in in, um, accepting and validating her feelings. Mm. If he says yes, I will bring them together. I'm going to let him know that it's going to be painful for him. This is not going to be right. easy for him, right? Right. right? But this is what's hurting her. And she's the benefit to you is not only are you going to help resolve her pain, but this thing that you've been complaining to me about, that she's not showing up in the bedroom in this, in this yummy way, she's mm. willing to work on that, but she, this is holding her back. So mm. the guy has an incentive here, right? Right. It, doesn't, it doesn't always work that way. It could just be there's no incentive for the guy and he still just wants to help her resolve whatever emotional right. blockage she has. Yeah. Hmm. So if he's willing to do that, then I bring them together and she has like this free reign, but without blame or criticism. She can't blame him or criticize him. And there's a specific technique that I use, but she's able to verbalize that resentment and he's able hmm. to say, I'm sorry, I don't feel that way. It was a mistake for me to have said that. And will you forgive me? Mm. And that's how you move through these past pains. If you just do this on your own, like on a Tuesday afternoon in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) They will have two other reasons to consult a specialist (laughs) for therapy, (laughs) for sure. I think there are so many unresolved emotions, you know, in in, in the world of marriage, uh, which completely gets, you know, built one over the other and then it just comes out as something which you don't even know what is causing the whole stress 100%. right so yes absolutely. yeah yeah and in india uh, you know it's it's very common like i, I told you in my uh, you know last conversation with you that uh, when a girl gets married uh, to to a, a family uh, to, it, it's to the family it's, it's not only the guy it's to the family because the guy's family uh, i mean the guy will live with his parents parents live with the guy mm-hmm. so the girl will be pretty much living with the in-laws Okay, and uh, one of the things that you really strongly endorse is to prioritize your spouse. Like that should be your number one priority. Yes. Okay, so 
so please help me understand in a, like in a situation like where a guy who has been giving his parents a lot of priority before marriage after he gets a girl he has to play this game of giving importance to his wife as well as giving that importance to his parents and he yes. really cannot uh, how does he navigate uh, those waters you yeah. know and if there there comes a situation where he has to really take a call between his wife and parents it's it's a very tough spot at, at least in our culture uh, how would you advise uh, a man to deal with this situation yeah great question and uh, interestingly enough i have worked with at least two indian women who have um approached me on this subject when it was fascinating to me because you know uh it seems so cut and dry for the men that they're going to be supporting the mom so to speak mm-hmm. and i would think that the women are kind of used to this but that many of the two women that i've worked with um were very upset so i think it's interesting that like even though it's part of your culture either mm-hmm. western values are seeping in or there's some distortion of of indian cultures to the point where their men are thinking one thing and the women are thinking another so i don't mm-hmm. i don't know what it is but this is this is um this would be my advice it's if if you want a happy marriage with your wife which is after all why you're married to her right right <laughs> she always has to feel emotionally supported by you always she can never feel that there's something outside the relationship that's pulling away your emotional support mm. the second she feels that your 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 relationship is headed downwards fast mm. Mm. okay you play a very special role for her you are her guide and you're her partner and you are her protector and you are her security you are mm. her provider you are her rock and leader and if you start if you let her know that i don't care what it is but something whether it's your job your boss an old friend your mother your father anybody is interfering between that role that you have with her she's going to feel insecure in the relationship mm. and then when she starts feeling insecure everything collapses mm. so that would mean to me and you know you have to take this in for your own culture that while you must honor and go through the motions of quote unquote supporting your family because that's part of your culture mm. it is important for everybody in the room to know that emotionally your wife comes first mm. that that's who you're connected with first mm. and there will never be a situation where um her feelings aren't your number one priority. And by the way, just being your number one priority doesn't mean that there's no room for mom or dad or anything else. We oh, all yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah. all have you know we, right. we we're capable of balancing many different forces. Mm. Mm. But to set that stage, you know, I think is is very important. And I'm hopeful that your parents also want that for you. Mm. Right? Like you go ahead, you tell me. Yeah I I I I've noticed this trend uh, in our country where the mother especially the mother starts noticing that she had a sense of ownership with her son till the time the son is married right so yeah. so all this while he's been uh, you know in her sight 
and today he is doing things for his wife and suddenly she feels this sense of you know probably losing the control or losing uh, you know the right that she had on her son because there is another woman who's in the in the scene yes so and, and and that is why we see a lot of you know interesting kind of conversation between the mother in law and the and the girl of the family right yes. and and when the guy goes out and comes back he gets to hear this interesting conversation that he <laughs> the, the the wife had with the mother in law and then it it starts building up so yeah. i think it's it's it's, a, it's not a easy journey a girl undertakes especially in our country because she has to really let go of everything and adjust to a completely new set of family members and totally. getting yeah getting her husband's full support is something of supremely high importance to her yeah so i think uh, for a, uh, for in india especially the for the girl uh, getting that support from the husband becomes uh, supremely important because she has no one else that she can look up to right so uh, yes. if she doesn't feel a sense of emotional connect and assurance from the husband that he is there for her i think it becomes very difficult for the lady right absolutely and i can imagine how difficult that would be i mean here in america for instance you know it's known that mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws you know they could have fights all the time and they don't even live with each other i mean i can't mm-hmm. imagine the te- the amount of stress on the man especially cuz the man is kind of like looked at as you know if he doesn't handle the situation properly he's looked at as the villain from the mom and right. then he's got, and then he's looked at as the villain from the woman you know from his wife and it's like right. <laughs> he, he no matter what he does he loses you know right <laughs> must be he just difficult. can't win yeah, yeah. right <laughs> so i think that's something um, so w- what is something that you wish that young men before marriage or you know they should be well informed or get themselves educated with what would what advice would you suggest to young men who are getting into dating or into a relationship what's your advice um i mean there's there's so much to talk about but um if you if you know if you want to get married then you have to date what i call marriage minded dating hmm. okay marriage minded dating is when i'm making decisions choices and judgments based on the idea that this woman is somebody who i'm going to marry hmm. okay so when we do that we have a much further vision than I'm going to take her out to go dancing or I'm going to enjoy her I'm going to enjoy her at a restaurant or we're going to be physical together and all those things are wonderful. I love dancing, restaurants and sex. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> uh but what I'm saying is that your mindset shifts. You're looking for different qualities in this woman than you would be if those were the only things you were thinking of dancing and restaurants etc. You're looking for character. Mm. Right? You're looking for her sense of virtue and her kindness right and you're looking for attributes such as loyalty and commitment and what you want in a mother for your children i understand that it may be a paradigm shift for young people who are just dating and and that's not who i'm really speaking to you know i'm not speaking to a 17 year old that just wants to go out and date with a girl but i am speaking to a 22 year old or a 24 year old who's thinking more long term mm. you know so what she does for a living who her friends are totally irrelevant mm. right it's going to be the quality of her character does she, is she a good listener does she know how to care can she support you in your endeavors how does she 
How does she appear to you as a mother for children? Does she even want children? Ask those to yourself and to her, ask those longer term questions. I knew a guy, a good friend of mine, he, um, his younger brother, who I also grew up with, he fell in love with this beautiful woman and they dated for about three or four years and they were, they were ready to get married. He never discussed with her about children. And the poor man ended up marrying her and she never wanted kids. That's, wow. a, that's okay. a big deal. Right. But, it took, but he wasn't ready to, I mean, he, had, he, he loved her so much that he found himself in his position where either leave the love of his life or not have children. Mm. It's a tough place to be. Right. You know, mm. and that's just one thing. So marriage minded dating is when we're going beyond the typical dating scene and we have a new focus, which is, you know, is this woman somebody who could be a life partner for me for the long term? Very interesting. I think uh, this is a very useful uh, maybe framework that, you know, men can keep in mind. I know, are they thinking short term or long term? And the, if they start seeing from the lens of long term, the kind of decisions that they make will be very different compared yes. to the short term, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also focusing... The other ingredient is not just the pragmatic aspects of a life together. That's important. Does she want to work? Does she want to stay home, stay at home mom? Where does she want to live? Is she willing to live with me and my parents? Like these are pragmatic things. Mm. But the other aspect is also very important because over the long run, character is what's going to keep you together, mm. not mm. her current job and not her current physical body, even though you have to be, of course, attracted to her and all that kind of stuff. But her character is what's going to make you feel happy when you come home from work or when you're together, growing older together or raising children together. Very important. Thank you. I think, <laughs> I think that this subject is, it's so deep, right? You know, we really cannot finish it in one episode, I'm sure, you know, but right. these are really, really amazing points that you've shared. Uh, yeah. I have a few more questions and I'm done almost. Okay. Uh, what are some of the bad recommendations or advices, you know, being dished out out there? You know, people are who are claiming to be gurus or people who really seem to be relationship expert. Uh, they are just giving out advices, which sounds good, which sounds fancy, but they're really not honestly <laughs> effective advice. Uh -huh. uh, do, so do you have any such advices that you get to hear? Um, I'm going to say one which, yes, the answer is that is yes. And I'm going to say one which is pretty controversial, but um, hope hope people don't take it out of context. And mm -hmm. that is that um, that the key, this is, this is what I would say is not great advice. The key to successful marriage is proper vetting before the marriage, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think you should use your brain like I just said a few minutes ago and vet for character, but that's not the key to your marriage. And suggesting that it is, I found is very unhelpful because what it, what it, what it implies is that the mistake that you're currently making is one that you made five years ago. Right. That's not the mistake that's occurring right now. Hmm. It's not your old self's fault why you're not getting along with your wife today. It's your current self's fault <laughs> why you're not getting along with your wife today. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, we don't look back true. and say, oh, I made a mistake. No, you didn't make a mistake. You may have made a mistake. I don't even know. 
but that's not relevant. What's relevant is what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And the reason why for, in many circumstances and not every circumstance, you know, the reason why you're not getting along with your wife today is because of most likely the character traits that you are exhibiting as a partner that are completely dysfunctional within the context of this relationship. Mm. And that's your number one go-to. Not, oh, you know, if I would have only known or if I did a better job, she wouldn't be like this. No, no, no. She's going to be like this. You know, the question is, who are you and how are you dealing with it right now? It's, it's to do with the present moment behavior. What are you doing right now to make a difference in the uh, equation, right? Of course. Because mm. think about it. How long have you been married, Minaj? Uh, 12 years. 12 years. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't know about in your particular circumstance, but for many, many of my clients, the person they're married to today is not the same person they were mm. married to 12 years ago, mm. right? So, and that's, nar- that's normal. So your ability to succeed in marriage is to do with how you're handling the situation that you're in right now. People change. Circumstances change. The same woman who said she would never get a job and she was always going to be a stay-at-home mom could one day wake up and decide that she wants to, go, she wants to start a career. Mm. Now what? Is it that you didn't vet back then? No. You have to learn how to... The same woman who was willing to, you know, spend make you breakfast every morning before you went to work could get up one day and say i want to start writing and the best time for me to start writing is in the morning and you'll make yourself your own breakfast there's one tiny (laughs) example there's thousands of examples right absolutely yeah (laughs) so how you deal with what's going on or you know the same woman who thought you were so charming and handsome and so you know spontaneous back then Maybe sick and tired of your irrational, you know, your, your crazy hours, the, the nut, nutty things that you want to do. And she may be pissed off at you today, 12 years later, for the wackiness that you come to the relationship with. Now what? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it, it makes total sense. I think th- th- these are real life examples that you're quoting. You know, people are uh, subjected to them and they're wondering what's going on with them. You know, the girl really was raving about these qualities much, much before, you know, in our dating years. So what changed now, right? That's so, right. So mm-hmm. yes, you need to vet. You need to use your brains before you get married. You don't just marry anything that comes your way. But if you're having problems today, take a look in the mirror today at you and not at what the mistake you made 10 years ago. Don't count on that. Very, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David, for that. And... Um, Sometimes we see in, in couples that one person is doing a little more than the other. Like somebody really is actually carrying the heavy load and the other person is just sailing through. Yes. And, uh, and I've heard sometimes the, the wife say, or sometimes the husband say, you know what, I, I, I do this bit, you know, I've been doing it. I don't know. I hope they change. And they have this untold story to themselves or that burden of they doing a little more than the other person. So could you please help in understanding, is that the right way to see it? Or is that, uh, you know, uh, something that they must have a conversation about? Uh, how, do, how do we navigate those kind of, you know, situations? Okay. That's a great question also. You're, you're really hitting some good points, Manas. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. First of all, 
if, if there's, I've, I've always said this and I'll say it again. If there's something that's actually occurring in the relationship, which is not up to your needs or your needs are not being met, it is important to talk about it. So that's mm. just the first thing. Okay. So if there's, if, if there's something that you need or something that you want and um, you're not getting it, it's authentic to bring it up. It doesn't mean you're going to mm. get it by the way, but it's at least integrity, having integrity mm. to share this with your partner, give them a chance to at least try and see if they can satisfy your need. So if mm. that's occurring, bring it up. Mm. But to help with that other point, which is a very good point, I'm giving more than the other person. Mm. Mm. I like to do what I told you before is to get out of my victim story, right? How do you get out of your victim story? I'm not getting enough. I'm doing more. They're taking advantage of me. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. They don't love me. These are all victim stories, right? Okay. So this is my turnaround for that. Here we go. I have found personally, and I have read many things, including lots of Indian translated wisdom that comes across mm. uh, YouTube and the internet and Instagram. The more you give in your relationship, the better you feel about the relationship. Mm. When I shift my story to they're not giving to me and I shifted to, I feel better about us the more I give, then I don't really care how much they give at all. The whole story shifts. Mm, the entire narrative changes, right? So. The whole story shifts because if they're not giving, they're losing out. Mm. I can't help them from losing out. I can offer them the possibility to give more and to feel love more and feel connection more. But if they don't want to do that, that's up to them. I know for me, the best way I'm going to feel loved and connected with and, and, and excited about my relationship is when I bring flowers, when I write that night's note, when I express a gratitude, when I contemplate how wonderful she is, when I do her an extra act of kindness, when I make her breakfast, when I do an extra deed of kindness inside the house that she wasn't expecting, that's when I feel alive and loving and connected and excited. Mm. So when I focus on that, it, ch it changes the whole thing that giving, my giving becomes my opportunity to feel more satisfied with the relationship. Mm. So I've just shifted the whole story around. Right. Right. And I'm out of my victim story with a path right. towards feeling even better about us than before. Right. And, and with that mindset, uh, with every, every act of yours, you feel even more charged up, right? You feel even more energized with what you're doing. A hundred percent. Right, right. A hundred percent. Again, if there's something that you need that you're not getting, I'm not suggesting you just, you know, don't bring it up and just ignore it. I'm not saying that. If there's something that's bothering you that is occurring, you should bring it up. But the gauge of how you feel in terms of your relationship is much more contingent on what you're doing, not what you're receiving. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think yeah. that, that, was, that was a completely different uh, way to look at, you know, I think this is something people, yeah, think that they're really in a helpless state. You know, probably they really have to have a conversation with their partner to you know, let them know, hey, I'm doing 50%, you do your 50%. Oh, no. yeah. yeah, so it doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> uh, so shifting gears, uh, I want to go into maybe the last five questions quickly, and then okay. we'll be done. Uh, sure. So, so 
what's something that most people do not know about you? You know, like, and you wish that the the world gets to know. Aha, uh-huh. interesting. Um, let's see. Um, well, you know, I I am I am a religious Orthodox Jewish man, which is pretty obvious from my um, Twitter account. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't always this way, and sometimes people get very surprised. Um, I grew up completely secular, like everybody else, most Americans. And uh, I love rock and roll, and I, you know, <laughs> dated, you know, different people when I was younger, and I was not, you know, I, I, I was very liberal and left-leaning. I went to a very liberal college. I was a big feminist when I was younger. And, um, you know, people, sometimes they pigeonhole me and say, oh, he's a traditional, you know, conservative religious man, which is true today, but right. it wasn't always that way. So I, I feel like I have a foot in both places and people you know don't necessarily judge a book by its cover you know i can completely relate to where everybody is coming from wow uh, david you are a whole package like you like i already was impressed with you like you really have the whole spectrum of things covered so <laughs> that's a very interesting aspect yeah, okay isn't that neat? yeah and uh, of course uh, you're, you're a busy parent like you you have six kids uh uh, what are some of the uh, you know parenting tips or any any book recommendations that comes to your mind that you would like to share? Sure, sure. There's a great one that I was thinking of when I read your questions, which was um, how to talk so kids will listen hmm. and listen so kids will talk. Uh, do, do you know the author? Yeah, Adele uh, Adele Mazlish is her name. Okay. Um, but if you type in that title, it's a, it's a number one bestseller. How to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk. And this okay, helps, yeah. yeah, so this helps mm-hmm. parents um, connect with their children and gives the children like the, the space to say their feelings and at the same time allows parents the strength to set boundaries for children. Mm-hmm. Very, very important and beautiful. And if you could use these same techniques with your spouse, you'll be doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the dual benefit. Okay. That's right. <laughs> yeah, is there any other book which comes to mind? Okay, for, for, um, for right now, that's... Parent? That's really okay. my favorite one. Okay. Uh, how, how do you continue to learn uh, in order to stay updated with the, with the changing times? Like what's, what's your go-to place for uh, knowledge? Yes. So you've caught me at an interesting time in my life. I have to be honest with you. Um, I do not learn anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, have okay. chosen, I have strategically chosen to stop reading all books and things like that. Um, okay. Because at this point, I'm 52, turning 53, and I find just for me right now, and this is not necessary for everybody else, I hope not, but for me, I'm, I find that when I take in stuff from other people, it clogs my ability to give forth mm. from myself. So I'm just at a very, I don't know how long this window is going to last for, but for right now, I'm, and, I, and, and, and the reason why I'm saying this is because we have what's called a, um, a, 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 a consuming culture. We all love to consume. And we, we, between YouTube videos and other type of podcasts and books, and this is all good stuff. I'm, I mean, I'm making a podcast with you. I hope somebody chooses to consume it, right? That's the point. Yeah. yeah. But I also want to give props and kudos to, to people who've decided at some point that they want to focus on expressing 
the knowledge that they have in their own unique way and not kind of clogging that highway with consuming other people's very important and wise wisdom, but I'm making space for them to share the gifts that they personally have. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm sure it's going to change over time, but right now that's where I'm at. I, I found that answers to be so original. I think I really, uh, no, seriously, because uh, we are living in a time where there is this excess availability of information. It's an overdose. Yeah. And uh, we pretty much are on a default setting thinking that it is important to keep consuming, you know, and maybe we have so much creativity in us that which the more we expose to these ideas, probably it gets diluted. Probably we are just missing our <laughs> own genius. So very true. We, we, and each one of us has our own, you know, our own, our own wisdom to share. And sometimes that wisdom can get, you know, blocked out. Right. It's really important to make space. I find that like on on the Sabbath, which is my Saturday, I don't use the computer or phones or anything. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes my most creative and wonderful ideas come to me during that time of silence from the constant bombardment. Uh, is this something that you would encourage people who are much younger to try out? Oh, for sure. Because, mm. you know, take some time away from, if, if it's possible for you, um, take some time away from the constant consuming and see what you have inside. You know, it's, it's hard to define yourself when all you're doing is bringing information in. It's hard to define yourself. And it's so important to give yourself that space to say, hello, it's me. Like, what do I actually think? And how do I actually feel? Right. Where, where's my voice in this whole huge download of data that I'm always doing? Where's my voice? All right. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a completely another wisdom bomb that you put today. I think yeah. that's <laughs> really very nice. And, uh, uh, this is my last question. And uh, so okay. w- when, I tell, uh, w- when I tell the word successful, uh, like w- what comes to your mind? What's your definition of success? And w- do you have any personal heroes that you look up to? Oh, um, for sure. So many personal heroes and, and, and success is such an ambiguous term. Um, but this is my definition and, and I may be different than everybody else. I'm assuming that I am. Um, success to me is, um, when you have had, when a person is capable of and has experienced healthy, loving relationships, that to me is the definition of success. A man who is loved and has affected others through his relationships with others, whether it's his wife, his children, his community. To me, that is by far, for me, the definition of success. And um, I have, don't have to look that far. My father, for me, is somebody who I look up to and had tremendous, has had tremendous success in his life. He raised four children who loved him dearly. And he was um, married to three different women. Uh, my mother, who ultimately passed away at a young age, Um, And he took care of her the whole time. Then he married another woman who fell head over heels in love with him, who also passed away on on him as well when when she was older. And then he got married a third time 
and he was, you know, he left, you know, he passed away before her on the third time. So here's a man, I mean, in a, in a, in a world today where men and women are struggling to have one good relationship, my father had three women who loved him dearly and children who love him dearly. And I just look at that, you know, besides for whatever business success he had, there were times when he was up and times when he was down and this and that. He was a politician for some period of a local politician here. Those are all wonderful things about my dad. But the things that for me represents the most important thing was his ability to love and be loved by many. Wow. That, that's a very unique lens and I think very fulfilling lens with which we can really view life. So yeah. thank you. Thank you, uh, David, for sharing sure. that. Uh, where can people find you on the online space in case they want to oh, check sure. more? <laughs> yeah, of course. The easiest place to find me is just my first name, last name, David Feldman, D-O-V-I-D-F-E-L-D-M-A-N. Um, you can look that up on Twitter and I'm, I'm all over Twitter. You know, I mean, I don't have, I, I'm, I'm, loud enough that you could find me no problem <laughs> you are quite active there yeah sure uh, have you ever, ever contemplated of writing a book are you working on anything yes actually i'm working on a new book um it's going to be called something to the effect of uh 52 tweets for 52 weeks and wow okay <laughs> yeah and it's really exciting because like you said some of my tweets inspire a lot of conversation and, and it's mm. really hard to put in 280 characters Uh, the depth of my intentions. And um, so what I'm going to be doing, and I'm already halfway through it, is um, elaborating on 52 tweets, which are strategic for the weeks of the year for a great marriage. And um, yeah, if you sign up for my newsletter, I do publish them every once in a while, like the chapters and things like that. But I am going to be putting them into a book and it'll be really, really nice because I can go into stories and details and more explanation. of each of the concepts behind some of my more popular tweets. Wow. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, that material mm-hmm. coming out. And uh, David, uh, honestly, this has been an incredible conversation with you. And I, I'm, I'm so uh, glad that we could really dive deep into some of these topics, which awesome. I think our listeners will benefit from. Yeah. And uh, I, I will put in all the show notes of whatever we discussed uh, so that people can also go and further check the links. and uh, do Great. some further exploration so awesome it's Thank been it's been much. fun yeah. <laughs> it's been wonderful getting to know you and sharing it it's i just you know i'm an old school kind of guy the fact that you're in india and i'm here in america and we're we're just chatting like this and we're sharing an audience together and ideas i mean culturally right. we come from histories that are so diverse and yet here we are sharing you know chatting and creating together it's beautiful Thank you so much and uh, we shall connect soon again. Amen. Take care. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the show. All the key points discussed will be available in the show notes at uh, www.rareearth.com. That is R A R E E R T H.com. <laughs> yes, there is no A in that. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you really liked and enjoyed the show, please do give me your feedback, review and rate it on iTunes or any listening app of your choice do subscribe and share with your friends thank you